Second down and eight for the Eagles at their own 47. Good protection again, launch downfield. Watkins wide open, touchdown. But the Eagles look good. The Eagles are the best team that I've seen thus far in the NFC. And I know it's only two weeks. We got 15, game, 15 games to go. We got a long, long season to go. But right now, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. What's up, Eagles Nation? This is Pablo Gary, and you're now locked into the I Feel Good Podcast. What's up, Eagles Nation, and welcome to episode number two. Before we even get into it, I got one thing to say. Yesterday's price is not today's price. The price went up Monday night. Yesterday's price is not today's price. All right, now, before we get into the podcast, I, I got to do something a little special. I got to do a little something a little special. Just for Jalen Hurts, I want to celebrate him for like the next 30 seconds. What he did Monday night, the performance um, that he displayed on primetime football. You know, they say big-time players make big-time plays on big-time stages. So for Jalen Hurts to celebrate you for the next 30 seconds, this is to your coming-out party. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, this is for you. Monday Night Football. Only on the I Feel Good Podcast. Yes. Yeah, man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. When you talk about the I Feel Good podcast, that that right there, that energy right there, that's the epitome of the I Feel Good podcast. And uh, are you sold on Jalen Hurts now? That's the question that I have for everybody. Are you sold on Jalen Hurts now? Philadelphia Eagles defeat the Minnesota Vikings 24 to 7. Jalen Hurts, 26 for 31, 333 yards, 57 yards on the ground, two tubbies on the ground, one tubby through the air. Are you sold on Jalen Hurts now? Last week I talked about the the inconsistencies and the urgency, the communication and the operation, and that starts with me. And um, obviously um, we operated at a high level um, early on in the game. Um, and I think that's something that we have to be able to sustain throughout the whole entire game, regardless of the situation. Um, and that, and that's, that, that starts with everybody. Um, but I think as a whole, as a team, coming out here, um, playing on Monday Night Football, we, I, I remember what happened the last time we played on Monday Night Football. Um, I haven't forgot about that. And to be able to come out here and perform at a high level as a team, um, that, that's big for us to perform at a high level and st- still leave so much money on the table. So, you know, I, I'm sure y'all saw the little video in, in the locker room last week. It's exactly, exactly the same message this week. Um, in terms of the standard not being met, you know, and I think, um, like I said, we have a standard for ourselves, and it only rises. Um, a hell of a game tonight, but there's a hell of a lot to learn from. 
I mean, as a football team, um, as a collective group, we got to learn from it. They did a lot of learning because when you look at week one and you look at week two, night and day, two different teams. Just take a look at the first drive against the Detroit Lions. Jalen Hurts in that offense goes up the field. What do they do? They don't score a touchdown. They don't get any points. They go 0 for 5, and they're off the field. Week two against the Minnesota Vikings, first drive, go up the field, 9 for 9, 80 yards, touchdown. Jalen runs it in. Um, that's, what I, that's what I love about this team is they're not just talking about stacking days, getting 1% better every day. Whatever they're talking, they're actually walking it, right? So we're, we're seeing their maturation process in real time. So it shows you the work that they're actually putting in. And so you have to commend uh, Nick Sirianni for getting those guys in the right situation, making sure those guys hone in on the details. That's what the game was all about in Minnesota, was just being able to hone in on the details, uh, not taking your foot off the gas, and and just dominating your opponent. Um, Week one, you saw A.J. Brown get the bulk of the catches, right? Week two, A.J. Brown got some. Devontae Smith got a lot. Dallas Goddard, Zach Pascal, right? So everybody was able to touch the ball. Everybody was sort of able to eat. And those are the incremental progressions um, and steps that you need to see, not only from Jalen, but from this offense, right? What I love about Jalen Hurts and his process is not that he's just this great guy and he says all the right things and it's on and off the field, and right? It's For me, it's about... Jalen is proving to a microwave type of league, a a, a instant Hall of Fame quarterback type of league that you can incrementally get better. You can incrementally develop a quarterback. You can put the pieces around a quarterback, and that quarterback over time can have success. And really, I think it's, it's really a bigger message to society at large. It's like, you don't have to be the greatest today, right? You don't have to have this microwave instant satisfaction right now, right? It's like you don't have to be afraid to put in the work. And when you look at Jalen Hurts, he has put in the work, and it's paying off. Would it be great to have a Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely. Would it be great to have a Josh Allen? Absolutely. But look around the league, how many Patrick Mahomes are there? How, how many Josh Allens are there? It's, it's not a lot. It's two. Right. So other 30 teams dealing with average semi above average quarterbacks. Right. So you have to sort of develop that philosophy, if you will, to be okay with developing a quarterback. That's how it was in the old old days. You would draft a quarterback in the first round. Guess what? We knew he wasn't going to see the field until the following year. Quarterbacks was able to get one whole year to develop and. With Jalen, you know, obviously he had some time behind Carson and he was just able to develop at his own pace. And it's just good to see somebody like Jalen have success, you know, pinpoint accurate, spread the ball around, full command of the offense. He had control. He was clutch. He was consistent, practically played the best game of his career, in my opinion. When you consider all factors, Monday night football, everybody knows he's playing for a contract, right? So when you look at this Eagles offense, it's truly growing into a pick-your-poison type of offense. 
And those are the most dangerous ones because week in, week out, you just don't know. You don't know what you're going to get. You have no clue what you're going to get. Sticking with the offense, uh, I want to talk about Shane Steichich. I thought Shane Steichich called an amazing game. Passing game was balanced with the run. The Eagles are number one in the league right now with total yards per game, averaging 470 yards per game. Per game, Jalen Hurts is the um, second-rated quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. The Eagles have the best offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. The running game is effective. The passing game was effective, had balance, right? So it's it's coming together, and, and we talked about it on episode one, is when this team starts to find that formula, when it starts to find that balance, it's just not too much. It's not, it's not too much teams can do. The only critique I have in week two offensively, and this is sort of falls on Coach Seriani, um, and I guess Shane Steichich and Jeff Stoutland is the penalties. The penalties specifically with the offensive line. Now, maybe it's timing, right? Because I guess when we are developing these screenplays, guys are not chipping on their guy. They're just sort of getting downfield, and then boom, that's, there's where the flag comes in. So hopefully Nick Sirianni, Jeff Stout, Shane Stikers could sort of work together and get that fixed. I believe they will get that corrected. Um, but it was too many of, of those type of penalties in this game. And I don't know if the NFL was sort of calling it different. But, I mean, we had third down conversions, right? Third and eight, third and 12. I mean, we actually converted on those downs, but it was sort of called back because it was an illegal man down, you know, down the field. So uh, we got to clean that up. Those are the, you know, those are the penalties that we can control. Those are the things that is, you know, with within our right to stop. And uh, you know, we just gotta gotta fix that. Gotta fix that. But when you look at the team, when you look at the performance, we're not even talking about defense. We're gonna get to trust me. We're gonna get to Darius Lay in, in that MVP. Um game that he had. I mean, that's like defensive MVP level type of play. Overall, I, I feel like everything was clicking on all phases and on all levels. When you talk about offense, you talk about special teams, you talk about defense. Offense was feeding off the uh, defense. The special teams was feeding off the defense, right? And, you know, there was a lot of times in this game where the momentum could have shifted, right? Eagles score, well, we tried. Well, no, we didn't score at this at this point. We tried to get a um, three point. They blocked the kick. Uh, the Vikings guy picks it up. He's headed towards a touchdown. Aaron Sipos, our punter of all people, runs him down, tackles him, saves a touchdown. Defense comes out, picks it off. Avante Maddox, huge play. Secondary all night, just going crazy. Slater, do you have uh, more incentive? because it was Justin Jefferson on the other side tonight? Uh, I mean, I ain't going to say it like that, but because I'm always eager to go. I'm always ready to go at all times. I don't take no uh, matchup lightly. But he is one of the best in the world. And, um, shoot, I'm one of the best in the world too, so I was looking forward to the matchup. What's the backstory of, of giving James Harden the ball? Say it again? What's the story about giving James Harden the ball? Uh, well, honestly, I didn't even know he was dead into the game until they put him on the Jumbotron. And he know he's one of my favorite players, and you know. But, uh, shoot, I'm like, why not? You know what I'm saying? I get a chance to meet James Harden, a Hall of Fame basketball player. Uh, if I make a play tonight, definitely a pick. I got to give him the ball, man, because he, uh, he real respected in the league. One of my favorite, like I said. Um, so I was like, hey, it's a good opportunity. 
it was a great opportunity for Jonathan Gannon to come out and to show his progressions from week one to week two, right? And I, I have to, I got to celebrate Jonathan Gannon. You know, you have to give credit where it's due. You know, you talk about the first week, surrendering 35 points to the Detroit Lions, right? No knock on them, right? But then you come back the following week and you only surrender seven points. You got to give credit, right? So, Jonathan Gannon, great job. Here's some some notes that I took that I thought that was key. You know, coming into this game, I, I we coming into this game, I just kind of felt like, yeah, Justin Jefferson is just one of those players where he's going to get his, no matter what you do. So just he's he sort of have that Odell Beckham vibe early in his career. In his career, where Odell was just like it was nothing that anyone could do. Just kind of let him do his thing, like. You could just hope to stop him, right? So coming into the game, I, I just knew Justin Jefferson was going to have 10 catches for 175 yards. I, I, I knew that Dalvin Cook could potentially, you know, um, go 15 carries for, for, for 90 yards, right? But when you look at the stats at the end of the game, for the Eagles to contain Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook both combined for under 60 yards is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I honestly don't know how they did it because there was some, um, you know, some times where Justin Jefferson, he was matched up against TJ Edwards. He was matched up against Kaiser White. Guys like that, right? And you're just like, ah, oh, this is a, this is a Mitch match nightmare, right? And so we got it done, you know? And so you saw a lot of blitzing from Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, he wasn't the same Jonathan Gannon from week one. If he can build on this defense of performance, I think the I think the Eagles can go places. We're going to need Jonathan Gannon to be a complement to the offense. The offense could come out with as much energy. We could come out scoring. We could come out doing our thing. Devontae Smith can have two tubbies. Uh, A.J. Brown can have two tubbies. But at the end of the day, if if your defense is just going to surrender points, it's, it's all for nothing, right? So if the Eagles – Defense can match the Eagles' offense's energy. This is going to be a very, very long season for a lot of teams. A lot of teams. So I I, I am going to give Jonathan Gannon his flowers for week two. For week two and week two only. I thought it was an amazing called game, an amazing, you know, just outing for our defense. Dalvin Cook only had six carries for 17 yards. Now, think about this. Week one against the Packers, whom they beat, they went into Green Bay. They defeated Aaron Rodgers. They beat them. Dalvin Cook had 20 yards. I mean, sorry, 20 carries for 90 yards. They went into the game running the ball. That's what they wanted to do. Justin Jefferson finishes the game in Green Bay with nine catches for 184 yards. Come to Philadelphia, the Vikings only run the ball Six measly times with one of the best running backs in the league. Six times for 17 yards. Dalvin Cook ran the football six times for 17 yards. They already knew. There's no point of going to see about Fletcher Cox. There's no point of going to going to pay a visit to Jordan Davis. There's no point of trying to see what Josh Sweat is about. No point of trying to see what you know Hassan Reddick can do. Just do we not we don't do it. Like just don't even do it. Six carries for 17 yards. What happened? Jonathan Gannon happened week two. That's all. 
That's all that happened. So I'm going to give out my game ball. Let me give out my game ball. Obviously, offensively, you got to go, Mr. Franchise, Mr. Jalen Hurts himself. Uh, when you look at how he was able to orchestrate and engineer this offense, get everybody involved. He was poised. He was prime. He was ready. Uh, Jalen Hurts has to get the game ball offensively. Um, you know, he he was truly a quarterback and a running back all all in the same body. I mean, the the, the two rushing plays that he had was just crazy, especially the uh, – the longer one uh, for 26 yards where guys tried to strip the ball from him at the five-yard line, and he just, like, kept going. When he did that, I said, Yesterday's price is not today's price. Not today's price at all. When he scored that touchdown, I said, uh-oh. <laughs> he just made some money tonight. <laughs> Jeff Lurie just went a little bit deeper in his pockets tonight. So Jalen Hurts gets the game ball for me offensively, uh, defensively. Got to go big play, man. Got to go big play, Slay. Um, Could have easily had four four to five interceptions. Um, you shut down one of the best, and in Slay's opinion, the second best wide receiver in this league. Um, you know, they had other weapons. You know, Adam Thielen, he is no slouch. Jalen Rager, we know how much of a superstar he is, right? So, you know, they had pieces. They just didn't take advantage. The Eagles were the better team, you know, week two. And I, I just – I couldn't be more proud of this team. I couldn't be more proud. It was Jalen Hurst's coming out party. It was the first game of the season, Monday night football, primetime football, and I just don't think you could have scripted any other way. I don't think you could script it any other way, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, but, again, I ask you, are you sold on Jalen Hurts? What more does Jalen Hurts have to do to convince you that he is the franchise guy? Some some people say, you know, I, I got to see him against Dak Prescott when he gets back, when the game is on the line, and I want to see those those two quarterbacks sort of duel it out. Mano y mano. If Jalen could go into Dallas, have the type of game that he had on Monday night, and do it against Dak in that defense, he's my guy. Nah, nah, okay, I'll give you that. But for me, I was sold on Jalen Hurts. From the get-go, I just think Jalen, his his mindset, his wiring, his foundation, his emotional intelligence, his leadership ability, his accountability, his his playmaking ability. Um, the kid just he's just he has all these abilities and he has the right wiring to, you know, maximize it, right? And, and get the most out of it. And um, you know, I just think he 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 was built for Philly. He was built for Philly, and you know, just looking at how everything played out with, you know, Carson Wentz and that whole situation. Um, I'm, I'm just glad it happened. I'm glad it happened um, because it's this this city, this team, we're on to something. We're on to something. And um, I guess I could talk about uh, the matchup against the Carson Wentz-led commanders uh, in week three's um, matchup. It's, it's crazy because I'm actually going to be there. I'm actually going to be at the game, so I'm excited. Um, I got really, really good seats, too. Um, shout out to my wife for, you know, you know, giving me permission to be able to go ahead and pull that financial plug, right? So um, she's allowing me to go and 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 have that experience. Uh, this is my first time seeing Jalen Hurts up close and personal, A.J. Brown, uh, up close and personal. Uh, I think I'm like on – I'm right behind the visitors' benches, like literally right behind it. I think I'm like row three. I'm like right there, you know, so it's uh, hopefully 
It'll be an electrifying game. I would say this game is going to really push the Eagles in a direction where they can truly see, hey, man, we we can we got a chance. Like, we got a chance. And um, what I love about being able to get off to a fast start is when you get off to a fast start, you can sort of sort of early predict, like keep your foot on the gas, but you can sort of early playoff predict. Like, if a team is 7-0, 5-0, you know what I mean? Like, unless you just, have, unless you just fall off the cliff, you know, but if a team is 5-0, and you can kind of say, okay, they're going to the playoffs. And if the Eagles can start sort of early prepping for the playoffs now, and what I mean is just start doing some of the things that we're going to sort of do in the playoffs and sort of perfecting it now instead of waiting until the playoffs get here, I think it'll sort of, you know, bode well for the team, uh, bode well for Jalen, um, and them having that confidence. But I will say this, I don't want to peak too early. I don't want to peak too early. You know, I, I want it to be a situation where, you know, I do want the Eagles to lose because sometimes you need to get your butt kicked to sort of get, you know what I'm saying, get your stuff together. And right now the Eagles are, you know, listen, Vikings are okay, but the Detroit Lions, I mean, come on. The Washington Commanders, I mean, come on, right? We we could lose that game. You know, these games, is again, it's like every – Sunday type of situation. So, but these are not playoff caliber teams, right? So, I want to I want to know how we face against the you know Green Bay Packers. You know, those are the games that I'm 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 sort of going to be paying attention to. But for now, in week two, I'll take it. You know, I'm excited uh, about what we have accomplished so far. Um, I think we have something special going on, and um, you know, I, I just think. Nick Sirianni, he has great control over this team. And I got to give him his his flowers too uh, because he's doing a hell of a job, a hell of a job of making sure this team is ready to go week in, week out. It's not an easy feat, right, especially as a young head coach, new head coach in this league. And uh, he's done it. He's doing it. And, you know, I just wish the Eagles more success. You know, I think – if we can, you know, put the phones down, stay out of the articles, continue to work, continue to build, continue to stack chips, as Jalen Hurst would say, I think more success is on the way. Eagles Nations, thank you so much. This concludes the second episode of the I Feel Good podcast. I want to dedicate this podcast to my son, Pablo Gary the second. Uh just because, you know, you're the second. So years later, when you listen to this, and daddy loves you, this podcast, this particular episode is dedicated to you. And uh, Eagles Nation, I will be there Sunday at 1 o'clock. Actually, I'll be tailgating, so I'll be there a little earlier. But I will be there. I'm expecting the Eagles to have a huge, huge, huge game. Until next time, see you guys later.